Good morning, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I am your host, Sarah Arnold, and uh, I just wanted to reflect a little bit more on the previous episode. And I say that because um, some of the things I talked about in there, I feel like need either like more information or I just kind of want to talk about them um, from a different place than when I was just telling the story of what happened. And uh, part of that is, uh, so the end of my second marriage, right? Um, One of the interesting things that I've observed about that is because of how much I have compartmentalized and set aside pretty much every feeling that I had uh, accumulated during the duration of that relationship, one of the challenges I face with that is allowing those emotions to come out in any kind of a way that is not anger. And what I found in the aftermath of uh, me moving out in my divorce is that um, a lot of the feelings that I have that have accumulated uh, during that time frame, I pretty much haven't found ways to deal with and by that what I mean is I've just kind of stuck them along with a bunch of other ones this is the Pandora's box right and so while I've been compartmentalizing everything that's not anger because uh, I've not been able to identify until relatively recently what these feelings are what they stem from um how to move forward is still a little bit tricky, but what I realized with this is that uh, I've put these things so far down that uh, it's almost like even though I can talk about it and touch on it without having some additional um, pain or stressor, it's like I don't allow myself to feel those feelings. Uh, I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but um, this is something that I've been experiencing almost since I moved out. Um, That it's like, uh, um, I don't know. It's very difficult to, to process it because of where I put it, I guess, or the fact that over an accumulation of 15 years, it seems like these specific feelings I've just been putting away and putting away and putting away. And uh, while I have them, I can't really access them. And one of the behaviors that I've noticed that I've partaken in on multiple occasions is, uh, the only way that I feel like I can access these is through outside pain or, you know, outside stimulation from that circumstance itself. And so I'll elaborate on that a little bit, right? So I think I was uh, out on my own for about a month and a half before I got involved with anybody. Now, in my mind, because that month went, the month and a half actually was very smooth. Like I was very happy 
And I was told from a multitude of people that like they almost didn't recognize me, you know, going from my previous state within the parameters of, you know, my former household and my marriage and then how different I was when I moved out. Like it was almost like I was glowing was something that I had heard. And so like I had gotten involved with somebody after I had been out of the house for a month and a half in my mind, like this little baby time frame, made all the difference. And yes, it did. But at the same time, no, it didn't. Um, because now I'm realizing, um, how much of this had accumulated just undealt with and unbothered. And so I had gotten with this individual, um, in my infinite wisdom, I thought that, um, I was getting involved with somebody, right? Like involved as in like dating, seeing, um, yeah, things of that nature. Um, what I didn't really realize until after that time frame was said and done is that, um, uh, the dating world right now is completely fucking insane. Um, it's a hundred percent different than, when it last time I was single and uh this is also the last time I was single for any prolonged time frame because uh mind you I got with my ex in around my mid-20s so I'm like almost 40 years old coming out of this thing that's a lot of time to get comfortable with another human being and to be um I guess I would say sheltered from any of the reality of what the outside world has in that capacity. So, um, I get involved with this person. We have brunch. Now we had a, a lot of really good, um, uh, flirtatious conversation leading up until this brunch. And, uh, then, uh, we hooked up. And what I would say in that is, uh, I'm in love with you. I have no shame about it, like whatsoever. And realistically, what I would say is I wanted to erase, like, so the last memory I had of a sexual encounter was traumatizing. And uh, in me getting together with this other individual, basically what I wanted to do, and this is why I had no shame in it, like I wanted to erase or replace the last memory I had with something else. And in that I succeeded. Um, it was a completely different experience. This person had a whole different vibe. Um, they, uh, had very particular proclivities that they were into. And, uh, <clears throat> it was one of those things where <clears throat> participating in this actually, um, kind of made me feel good about myself and it made me, you know, in a different way, uh, because like, uh, the things they were into, like, it kind of made me feel sexy to, you know, try on this new suit, so to speak. And, um, uh, so I enjoyed that for the time frame that it was, but in the aftermath of it, I realized that, uh, that we were fucking basically, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's no other way to put that. Like it is what it is. I'm going to call it like I see it. But, uh, the other thing that I noticed in the aftermath of the split, and I use the term loosely because I mean, we weren't an item, but it, we were an item. 
and it's there's this really weird gray area that I didn't realize existed before in any other facet of my life and uh, in the split as we'll call it um, like um, I felt like part of me was mourning you know this newfound whatever the fuck it was and there was a larger another part of me though where I realized that I was actually able to access the emotions that I had that were residual unprocessed shit from my marriage um you know like there was a heavy amount of betrayal that I felt towards my former spouse um <clears throat> there was um a lot of confusion that I had um then at the same time like these are the times when I came to realize that um like the person that I married doesn't exist anymore. And at the same time, the other thing that I place with this is I really don't know. And I still don't like, I have no fucking idea. Like who is it that I'm mad at here? Who, who is it that hurt me? You know, is this my spouse or is this, you know, or let me rephrase that. Is this the mask or, you know, my husband is basically the mask or is it my ex-wife? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, my husband was the mask and the ex-wife is the real person that was hiding underneath. And so I don't know who it is that I have all of these feelings towards where I need an outlet and I need to express it. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who I was hiding this from either. Was I hiding it from me? Was I hiding it from them? Like, I don't fucking know. And uh, so that's that's how I realized that, um, I have a hard time accessing anything from my marriage outside of an angry perspective without, um, additional help. And so, um, even after getting uninvolved with this person, I was still, you know, somewhat involved. Like, even though we weren't involved in any kind of like a physical capacity, you know, we would, we would still talk periodically and there's a small part of me that dare I say, I am very curious if this individual isn't either a narcissist or if nothing else, I, I feel confident in saying that he does have some kind of strong narcissistic tendencies due to the self-centered nature of, uh, basically, um, every type of, uh, engagement that we had. Um, it seemed like it, it started off with, uh, you know, all of the things that you hear about like narcissistic behaviors, right? You know, like the love bombing and da 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 da. And then, you know, going from the love bombing into like the shifting of, uh, you know, disinterest and discarding and whatever the fuck else. I, I don't know all the technical term. I don't watch enough TikToks and I don't talk to enough therapists or have enough psychological people in my surroundings to, have all of the appropriate vernacular choices for this just pouring out of my brain. But the cycle was the same, at least uh, from what I have observed. And uh, I was basically in contact with this person from July of 2021 until I think the last time I heard from them was August of 2022. So even though I wasn't involved, we were still in some form of communication. Um, after the fact. And, uh, 
it was really interesting to deal with. So like, there's like layers of, you know, all of these different feelings and I'll be forward with you and say, there was a certain point that, uh, when I got my feet wet and understood exactly what was going on, one of the ways that I responded to that was by being sadistic because I think this is something that I use as a form of self preservation and self protection. And, uh, and that's what I was doing. So, you know, I, I would kind of, I would enjoy being a tease and, <laughs> you know, putting, putting things out there and, you know, making plans and then somebody would back out on it. And that there was like a cycle of this for a considerable period where, you know, we would make plans for a trip because at some point he had moved away from this area, which I'm not mad about. I promise you. Um, but what's funny to me is, so here's a fun fact, right? You know where he's from? He's from where I'm from. That was another one of those weird little, um, things, um, that was a, a fascinating, um, point of contention within the connection is that he's actually from where I'm from. So of all the people that I managed to cross paths with, you know, when I'm uh, putting myself out there of all of the random strangers that I encountered, the very first one that I encountered was from back home. Like dude used to, used to work in the same town that I lived in before I left Indiana, you know? And, uh, from my understanding, he still works there or works there again, whatever fucking weird. Right? So that was the thing where I'm like, Oh, this is fascinating. What, this is your area code. Where are you from? And it was kind of like a little, like, I guess a point of connection that, or a familiarity maybe or whatever. And so that knowledge, I guess, made me feel more comfortable with him. I don't know. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I would enjoy being really sadistic and kind of like, like, uh, being a tease in some capacity or another, you know? Um, and the thing that I noticed, um, got him going the most was when I basically took myself off the market, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like, cause anytime I was, you know, having communications with somebody else or get it, you know what I mean? Or having any strong emotions with somebody else that I was communicating with. Basically what I would do is I would, I would speak honestly of this because I don't know, like I don't understand, like I didn't understand how easy it was or that I should have cut this person off at the time that I did. And I didn't realize in those moments how my interactions with this person was impacting the interactions that I was having with other people. And it took me a while to figure that out because, uh, sometimes when you're in an emotional state, you know, it's things that are logical, aren't easy to access regardless of how logical you are as a person. And, uh, the thing though that I happen to be doing is I was basically using any emotions that I had based on any connections I had with a, another person for a considerable time frame, I was using this to access whatever feelings that I had that I'd put in this box from my marriage. And so one of the other things I realized 
is that uh, <clears throat> the feelings that I had from my marriage weren't just feelings from my marriage. Like it, it took a lot of like uh, time and uh, you know soul searching and watching of things on TikTok and you know just having these random aha moments um, in regards to my own behavior to see that uh, I wasn't allowing myself to have these feelings and that these feelings actually stem from a deeper place. This is one of the things that I'm getting more and more confirmation of the further I go into my process of trying to, um, I guess I would say, be my authentic self and, um, you know, heal from everything that had happened, you know, during the accumulation of my marriage and then during, you know, the duration that I had an assortment of involvements with other people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I just got up. Not really. I'm still in bed, but I'm awake. Um, and so one of the things that I learned is that uh, all of these things, the things that you allow yourself to experience or the things that you do experience within your adult relationships are primarily residuals from whatever you experienced in your childhood. So um, I don't know if there are people out there that haven't heard this or not, but basically if, if you have any kind of like uh, childhood trauma is the uh, fun new buzzword or the technical jargon for that. But uh, what you'll do is as an adult, you will seek out these familiar circumstances as an adult. It's like on a subconscious level. You will seek out relationships that basically will give you these same um, familiar feelings. And it in nine times out of ten, this familiarity, unless you come from a healthy background, I don't know what that's about. Um, but nine times out of ten, um, you'll basically get stuck in a loop of uh, where the things that you experienced, you know, growing up, and in like basically in your childhood and then in your family structure or whatever you're, you know, it might not be legitimate family, but the things that you're experiencing in those times are the exact same things that you are reenacting in your relationships, you know, romantic and sometimes otherwise as well. And these are the patterns that I noticed in myself is, um, what these things were and, uh, what I'm realizing now is how much of that really stems from me. And I say that because of the amount of invalidation I was feeling that came from, you know, my long-term relationships and where that stems from is basically at the core feeling invalidated as a person because of where I felt my placement was within my family structure. And basically what that was, is that uh, I felt like I was uh, invisible growing up, you know? And what's weird, so I really don't remember a lot of my childhood. Um, I got a concussion when I was nine, and then my parents split up when I was 11. But uh, in between, you know, my dad went to another country, and my mom was working third shift. So, like, I got a taste before my parents really split up of what life was going to be like after they did, um, after my concussion. And so the only formative memories I have are not the good ones. So um, that's what I'm processing on a conscious level. But at the same time, on a subconscious level, like 
I felt in within that family structure like I was invisible. And um, this has basically impacted how I am in other relationships. And I kind of will vacillate in a multitude of different trauma responses when it comes to any kind of relationships or communications or whatever in which I feel invalidated. Um, and it's a really fascinating thing to me because like sometimes I'll freeze, sometimes I'll fawn, sometimes I will fly and sometimes I will fight. In the working environment, I'm most acclimated to fighting. So I would come across as a hyper aggressive individual. Whereas like at home, I was fawning and freezing. And then what I've noticed now in any new formed relationships that I have, what I will do is that's where the flight response kicks in. Because <clears throat> what I've noticed is I won't run from anybody if um, I don't want to have that vulnerability and that connection with them. Though That's the thing that's most overstimulating to me is um, the, it's not just the vulnerability itself. I think it's more than it's more so the desire to have it because I've noticed that what's happened and this has happened to me a couple of times um, within the last six months, I would say where um, if I want that closeness with that person, that's the thing that gets my heart racing. And that's the thing that kind of shifts me from being into a seemingly normal, potentially calm, depending state into like feeling like my, um, like, like my body's on fire and, um, like I'll get into like the spiraling out of control thought processes. And it's just, it's so overwhelming in those moments. Um, it's almost like it's too much, you know, everything is too much. And like, I don't know how to shut it off, you know? And I think what that stems from for me is a fear of abandonment. And I say that because um, what I one of the other things that I've noticed too that's kind of a tie-in to my marriages is uh, while yes, I do think I made the right decisions at the times that I made it, um, on a subconscious level, at the point that it becomes a legitimate threat to me, that's when I leave. You know? Like, think about that. Both times. Um, at the time that my assessment was this is no longer safe for me. That's what I did. I utilized that flight response and I pieced the fuck out hard. And, uh, so when I've dealt with people that I've been connecting with in the aftermath of those circumstances, um, when I have the desire to have that closeness with that person, that's when I'll, everything will start spiraling out of control. The world is too much. And when I say it's too much, I mean like it's too much. Everything's too loud. I can't have notifications. I can't fucking talk to you. I like the entirety of my being, what I do when I'm coping with that and it's not healthy at all. And I don't know how to fix this yet is like, I'll shut down. And it's like, like basically like I'll shut my, I'll shut down and stick my, my own self in that fucking Pandora's box. So nobody else can reach me. And, uh, that's like my safe place. And I think the reason why that's my safe place is because 
if I have that desire for that closeness with that person, then what's going to happen? You know, because the last person I experienced this with where I allowed that to happen, the end result was I was traumatized and abandoned, you know, like that's what it was like at, at the end of the day, like that was the, uh, end scene portion of, you know, my second marriage was I was traumatized and abandoned. My first one, I was pretty much just abandoned. I don't feel like I was traumatized while it, like, the situation in and of itself was, you know, sad. It's not the same as the second at all in terms of, like, how that ended up. And so now, because of the circumstance with my ex-wife, I basically have this picture painted in my mind that if I feel like I can trust you, I can't trust you. You're a danger to me. If I feel like I can be comfortable with you, if I feel like I can be okay with you, you're a danger to me. And so my immediate response is to retreat because I don't trust myself. I don't trust that I can make the right decisions for my own betterment and my own safety and my own health. And so that's the only option that I feel like I have to calm that down is to leave the circumstance. Um, this is a behavior that I have to figure out how to uncode and be better about and how to um, be more open in communicating that for what it is. Because um, this is going to be a hindrance to me moving forward in having any kind of a potential relationship with another human being. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to break that out from this and kind of ramble on about that for a little while. Um, I hope everybody has a great day and uh, be well.